0: bear essentials podcast gives older bears a place to gather for real talk regarding topics and issues that they can relate to here at the bear essentials we aren't just having conversations we are looking to provide actionable intelligence through real life experience and expertise of our guests our mission is to build a strong community that elevates and motivates people to go beyond their limiting beliefs by helping them realize that getting older is not an excuse to hibernate on their goals, but a reason to work harder. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Charles Wallace. Today's guest is such an example of how failure isn't final. He's such a great example of how no matter what happens to you or the way people treat you, it doesn't have to dictate your life, and it doesn't have to dictate how you treat others in return. Today's guest, the best thing I can say is he is a true example of hope in this world. So please, without further ado, let's jump into my interview with Benjamin Smith. Hey, Ben, how's it going? Thanks for joining me today, man. I really appreciate it. I am really excited to finally get a chance to uh, have have a real good conversation with you.
1: I know I've been I was I've been super excited about this. I mean, I love your podcast. I love all the things you do. I mean, obviously you and I have a connection outside of that. So I just I support you and I just I don't know. I was really excited to chat with you, man.
0: Yeah, man. So for the audience who who doesn't have the pleasure of knowing who Ben Smith is, like I do, fortunately, I consider myself one of the lucky ones. Um, <laughs> how about you uh describe yourself a little bit to the audience, Ben?
1: <laughs> well, I try to be a beach bum, but uh, aside from being a beach bum, I own the uh, the Goliath Foundation, which is um, aimed at mental wellness for men and boys and and just using my experience to try to help uplift others. That's basically what I'm about.
0: Yeah, and you do a great job at that, Ben, and we'll get into it, but you are definitely one of those people that I like to say for the people that I speak with and talk to, i I try to associate with people that I think make me better. Um, mm-hmm. You definitely do a great job of uplifting your real positive um, influence and role model for others. So uh, I'm really, really happy to have you on and to help get your message across to even more people. Um, so I know what you do now. Let's go back a little bit. Let's talk about to the audience. How, how, did, how does Ben Smith get to where where he is? Let's talk a little bit about your your childhood and growing up. Like what influenced Man. you to put you where you are?
1: Well, my, my childhood was very, very volatile as far as um, just a huge amount. Well, okay, I'll, I'll try to condense it really quickly, but I am adopted from Seattle into a basically a white family. And uh, I have an older brother who was very, very angry and very, very aggressive, and and uh, and so basically in my household, right from you know, right from basically me being a baby, uh, almost um, it was just volatile. I mean, my brother would always beat on me, and and so it was really, really harsh. And then when my parents divorced in grade three. Um, my, me and my brother went to live with my dad, but we lived in, and my mom and my sister lived in another part of town, but uh, we lived in a very, very uh, poor house. Like it was like cold in the winter, could we had no heat, the holes, holes in the wall, there were mice scurrying around all over the place. And so my, as angry as my brother was, he got even, he got way more angry and it was just, and then my dad was working all the time, so there was a lot of we were really unsupervised, and uh, and in a really tough neighborhood with t- tons of really tough kids. They basically just took over my home, and uh, and so I just got my head kicked in everywhere in my home, at school, on the way to school. There was really no place that I could go where I wasn't getting beat up, or like really like beat on. Um, so it really shaped me, you know. I mean, because I mean, in my own home. You know, even when my dad was there, he never really stopped anything. He just was so exhausted. He just would sit on the couch with a vacant look in his eyes and watch me get my head kicked in. It's just like, so, I, so I'm like, what, what's going on here? I don't understand. I'm like, why, why am I such a piece of garbage that nobody is helping me? No teachers are not helping me. Parents aren't helping me. My own family's not helping me. I must be a piece of garbage. And then, so I, so I became a real delinquent kid a real troubled kid and high risk and all these kinds of things, because, you know, when you grow up like that, where nobody's protecting you and you feel like, like you're so scared and you're so, I just don't understand like, why, why am I like, why am I being, why does nobody care to help me? It really kind of plays with your psyche, right? Yeah.
0: yeah so, so out of that
1: has of what's born though, so many good things out of that i i say that pile of shit came you know roses grew out of that and that the roses was me understanding um myself and how to pass that my knowledge on to other people so
0: yeah so and it's interesting though right because you mentioned you say how it shaped you so and then you get into being a bit of a delinquent youth so i see how that shaped you as as a youth but i know the ben smith that i interact with now so i think and i'm i'm really glad you bring it up because i think you're a real good example of even things that shape us in our youth that stuff doesn't have to be final and we can kind of dig our way out and i i want to talk about that a little bit ben like so so being a delinquent youth, now I know some of your story, right? Like it was you, you, you were arrested. Am I right? You you had been arrested. And then I think you even more than once, right?
1: Well, I was arrested in grade seven. I was arrested in grade. So I was arrested in grade eight for stealing a purse. And so I ended up doing community hours for that. And and the crazy thing is, I was sent to an alternate school. Um, so I finished my community hours. On a, on a Friday, I believe it was. And I knew I was already getting expelled from the alternative school no other teach schools would take me. I'd be kicked out of grade six, grade seven, grade eight. And uh, so I finished my community hours for stealing personal on a person on a Friday, I believe it was. By Sunday afternoon, I was arrested again for breaking into a pub. And so I was taken to uh, downtown, the police station, handcuffs, all this kind of stuff. I mean, I'm still in grade nine and uh and a judge or an adjudicator i don't know i don't think it was, i'm not sure if it was a judge or what it was i just it was in the police station and the adjudicator said you're just not going to make it you're going to be dead or in jail by the time you're 20. and i i always always i've never forgotten him saying that to me and uh and i just remember around that time feeling like oh man i'm not going to make it but then i i grabbed i i started working out i started lifting weights i've been boxing. But the boxing gym closed, and so I felt kind of lost. But then I, I started lifting weights that summer, and it's just my whole life changed. And at that moment, when I kind of realized the power I had to change my life just by lifting weights or doing something positive and, and saying to myself, you know what? I am more, I'm not a failure. I can do something. I could if with all I need is my willpower and my strength of character, and I've got through so much. And one day I'm going to have something to share with the world because I'm a fighter and I'm a survivor. And I remember saying that when I was 15 and, and I thought I was on my path. And then I got lost again. I got lost again. My daughter got taken. Like I was a young dad, uh, 20, well, relatively when I was 20, my my daughter was born and I went through a really nasty custody battle and, and she was taken from me. I didn't know where she lived and all these kinds of things. And, um, and, and so I, 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 I knew that I had this message in me, but it got lost. It kept getting lost because I kept falling and failing and falling and failing until eventually um, I had a breakdown. I, I had to just step back from all of the drama that I had gone through in my life. And I was almost 40 at this point. And I had to say, you know what, I need to make sense of this. I had been, I'd always been a journaler. Like I'm always, ever since I was really young, I've been a journaler. So I'll journal my workouts. I journal my boxing workouts. I journal my, even my thoughts, but they got more as I got older. And so I really started to make sense of my life and what I've learned and what conclusions I've come to. And I finally came to the conclusion. It was like, life is too short. Every day I'm going to wake up and I'm just going to, I'm just going to ask myself, am I happy? Like the moment I wake up, I'm going to, I'm going to, y'all i'm going to open my eyes i'm going to say am i happy and if i'm not then let's fix it now and i basically when i made that decision i said i'm not living my life anymore with unhappiness i just basically i just learned that it's like you know what unhappiness is a choice and and you have a choice to either do something about it or not and i learned over I mean, I was I wasn't even quite 40. Yet. I'm 51 now. So I mean, honestly, since that moment, what I just said, I'm never I'm not living any more of my life being unhappy. I've not had a bad day since. I mean, that's 11 years, right? And uh, but it but it, what it takes is is a commitment. It takes a commitment to say, you know what? life is too short and I'm not, you know, not everything is gonna go the way I believe it should go, but I can always find positives in every situation. And I can always find the path to where I want to go if I'm just easier on myself. And I try not to force it. And I I just live that and I teach that. And I just found this to be absolutely true. You don't you don't really ever have to be unhappy. It's your choice, right?
0: Yeah. And I mean, Ben, I mean, just listening to you talk right now, I mean, you a couple things pop out to me is that you you people I think people really, when they fail, too many people think failing is final. And you're a great example of, and and myself too, in certain areas, like failing multiple times, but just, you know, it's, it's not final. It's a lesson we learn. And you're, you're such a role model for people to just what you just said about, you know, unhappiness. It is, it is a choice and we can choose to live in that unhappiness, or we can choose to make something of ourselves, which, I mean, obviously you have, and, you know, myself being from Philadelphia, uh, rich boxing history, I wasn't letting you get away from this. Uh, we got to talk a little bit about, boxing. let's talk about Ben Smith, you know, I, and it happened a lot in Philadelphia too, right. Especially for the inner city kids. Um, you know, myself doing a lot of boxing training, things like that. Like, how, how did that help you, Ben? I mean, you, you went, you know, you actually went, you trained, not just trained, you actually stepped into the uh, ring and had some, had some bouts.
1: Yeah. I went pro actually, but um yeah, for me you know a lot of it was for me was um i, I mean i fell in love with boxing i remember uh, you and i talked about this before but i fell in love when i watched uh, arturo gatti fight richard Pryor, and that was like 1982 i was like 11 years old i was like this is this is what i gotta do mm-hmm. and i fell in love with it but um when i really like i was in and out of boxing because the boxing gym closed and then i went to weights and then i i uh i got hurt again i got hurt in my 20s and i just was couldn't do some boxing just to rehabilitate. And the owner the gym owner was like, dude, you got talent, man. I, I, you don't even have to pay. I'll give you a membership. You bought me all these supplements, and boxing gloves and all this stuff. He's like, all you have to do, all I'm asking is that, that if you fight you fight for me, cause you could see the potential. So uh, that was a, that was a big thing with me as a boxer. And, and just in my, in my own reflections about life is, is I did have some talent in some things. And, uh, and and people had expectations for me and i i really i really felt a lot of pressure like um to live up to people's expectations because i because there's the one side of me that felt like an absolute failure on on things but then there's the other part of me where people are like patting me on the back because it's like well you could be a great great bodybuilder i had some talent for bodybuilder too and and, wow you could be one of the best in the world and oh man you could be this great boxer and all this stuff so it's like it's like you're a piece of garbage but you're going to do this. You're going to do this. And if you can do this, then we'll love you. So I was like, my psyche was kind of like, well, I have to prove that I, I'm a worthy human being because that's when people are patting me on the back. That When I have, when they should think that I'm going to be something, but if they don't think I'm going to be something, they don't, they're not going to love me. They're not going to like me. They're not going to accept me. So it was a thing. And again, in my book, I talk about that journey quite a bit. I try to describe that journey a lot, a lot through the character. Um, But um, but so boxing was really good for me because by the time I really committed, I mean, I wasn't I was like 25 when I I mean, I had been boxing the whole way through on and off. But it wasn't it wasn't until I was 25. I took a whole year. Boxing coaches would be calling me. They're like, when are you going to get in the gym? I'm like, don't call me anymore. Click, you know, and so they'd be calling me trying to get me in the gym. And I took almost a whole year where I did nothing. I just worked, and I I was dating different girls. I was a single guy. I'd been going through a messy breakup. I was fit, healing myself from that, and I just found and I and and I just kind of found peace with just being a normal guy, working construction, living downtown, dating, just doing my living my life. And then when I finally said, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to be that forty year old guy that just said, oh, I should have done it. I should have just seen so, seen what I could have done. So uh, again, I was like. 25 or, or I might have been close to 26. I, don't, I think I was still 25. But anyways, I said, you know what? I'm going to see if I can make the 2000 Olympic team. So that was 1996 or 97 or something like that. Um, I said, I'm going to just, I'm just going to give everything I have to try and make the 2000 Olympic team. And if I make it, great. If I don't, great. And I don't care if I lose. I don't care if I win. I don't care. What anybody else says, I'm just going to give it the best I can and just live with the results and be happy that I just committed and then walk away from it. And so that's basically what I did. And I ended up going, you know, it was a great journey. I mean, I ended up fighting some of the best fighters in the world. I went to the Nationals a couple of times. I flew to England and Montreal and LA. and, And in some ways I did, was starting to live up to my potential, but I didn't really stick with it long enough. And by that time, again, I was like 25, 26 um but uh but what i learned from that experience that helps me so much in life is like you just can't live up to you can't think about other people's expectations for you you can't even really you know i I mean at the end of the day life is a journey and you just got to say you know what this is an experience i want to have and try to try to get the essence of the experience i mean i think for me the essence of that particular experience was just like you know what just see what you can do if you just give it your all and and even though the rope the cards are against you as far as time and all that stuff just see have fun with it see and, and so then if you have that mentality if you have that mentality like this is just a, a phase of my life it's a part of the journey and I'm gonna be I'm gonna immerse myself in it but I'm not gonna let it define me then you can take those hits. You can you know wins are great but losses are great too you know you lose so what you just like I remember the first time I lost, I think you even saw the the videotape of that when, when I got dropped. I remember I remember because I was on a, a winning streak and, and again, people, I had talent. And uh, I think people were just like, oh, what's going to happen with Ben? Is he just going to quit? And I literally, I literally, once I kind of got my senses, I was just like, yeah, whatever, let's move on. And, and it's been such a great learning thing through life. And I try to get people to understand that with the work that I do that, You know, you're going to get knocked around in life a little bit, but so what? You know, don't take it so seriously. Pick yourself up, learn from it and move on because you're going to be stronger. You're going to be better for it.
0: Yeah. So, Ben, you go through, you know, obviously some of those stages. Right. And and obviously it leads you to some what you're doing now. Obviously, we want to talk about that. Um, So I I know when I first before we you know, really start to talk and become friends over LinkedIn, I was always, I would see your, your stuff pop up about the Goliath foundation. And let me just tell you, first off, I thought it was a cool, a cool name. Right. (laughs) I'm like, I like the name and it made me want to look a little bit more. And then I started to see more of what you were doing. And it was like, and, and let me be honest with you. I mean, for, for me, from when I started doing this earlier this past year, you know, I look to somebody like you, you know, because I obviously didn't have I still don't I still don't have figured out totally where I want it, where I want to take this or what I want to do. But I do know I want to try to help people. And I think that's where I looked at somebody like you and you're doing a fantastic job. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how did the foundation start? And what is your ultimate like goals and what are you trying to do with the foundation?
1: Well, the foundation started quite a long time ago because we, my girl, my, well, my wife, we've been together 21 years now, but um, we, we started a, We opened up a gym in, in Gibson's and, and through the gym, so that was 2004. Um, we opened up a gym and through the, I, I started working with the school board doing an anti-bullying program called the gloves off program. And I had an after-school program that, the, um, that, that was separate. So the school basically gave me a, a space to just take kids after school. I teach them boxing and mentor them and this and that. So uh, between the personal training and working with youth, because I was working with kids from 16 or 6 years old all the way up to, uh, like, well, adults, you know, well, I, I had a lot of seniors. So I was working with everybody. Um but, the, but with all the kids that I was working with, it was like, I felt like, like, and also because, sorry, I'm kind of going off in tangents, but also because in Gibson's at that time, boxing people were, when we came there, were like, boxing to help kids, boxing to stop bullying, boxing to stop violence. And I was like, yeah, but it, but the thing is, you know, when you teach people that feels respect for themselves and understand that with power comes responsibility, if you could teach those two things, cause that was always my thing. I'll teach you boxing, but with power, you have to be, you have to step up now and you have to protect people and you have to like, I mean, emotionally and not use violence. And I, I had a very hard, fast, hard, uncompromising rule that I'll teach you boxing. But if I ever hear that you've been fighting, I'll never teach you boxing again. Not ever. And not one kid that I've taught boxing that I ever hear uh, got into a fight. And in fact, many teachers said it was amazing. Somebody was getting, this kid was getting pushed around, but he didn't want to lose his blockers, the privileges. So he didn't, he didn't, he wouldn't fight back. He walked away. So those kind of things were super powerful to me. But, but I kind of felt like when the Goliath foundation, when I first started kind of thinking about the Goliath foundation, I was like, man, There's this stigma about boxing, and there's me trying to change my community's perception about boxing. And then there's me, you know, little thinking about myself as little Dave, this little kid that was never going to be anything but a delinquent in jail or not even make it that far because he'd be dead. And here I am impacting all these lives. You know, who would have thought it? Who would have thought it? You know, who. My teachers, my friends, my family would not have could not have imagined little, little Ben slash David uh, taking on Goliath, which is this monster in my mind of like all these reasons why I was a failure and I would never be more than my brother's punk ass little brother who was just a punching bag, right? So that's where the whole Goliath kind of image came from, was just that like this little kid that kind of became so much more than he could have been was expected of.
0: Ben, yeah. I mean, and it's, and watching what you do with the foundation is, mm-hmm. is pretty, pretty amazing to me. And, um, you know, you mentioned it a few times. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you this man. Right. And, you know, for me living in Philadelphia where I live, right. Cause you've said it like, three times now, and I won't say it, but you've said the N word, right? Yeah. Does that, I'm being, and I'm curious, does that still, does that hurt you still? Cause you say it. And I, when I watch you say it, it does bother me. Cause I wonder, does it, does it still bother you or have you just come to to the fact that in your mind, it's just, it, it, that was a them problem. Like, how do you feel about that now?
1: You know, I actually told, I, I tell people this, like, like, because to me, I, I I try to accept people for where they are and, and ignorance or, or not understanding or whatever is what it is. But I try to tell people, like, the mo- every every time I hear it, I don't care if it's in a rap song. I don't care if it's kids on the street or whatever. It hurts me. It hurts me. But, you know, I also understand that not everybody is going to have the, the same history of it that i do um or the same i mean, people of my generation i don't i can't imagine anybody of my generation not being hurt by that by that because i mean every time you hear it for a black person of my generation at least like it's very 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 much linked to to the abuse and the slavery and the the, like it's, it's so painful right so yeah, you know, I mean, that's the thing that people just need to understand. You, know, you, you can say, you can say it, and you can hear it on rap songs. And you can hear people say it all, all day, every day. You know, whatever. But for people, at least of my generation, it will always hurt, and it will never stop hurting because it's too many. It's four hundred. It's more than four hundred years of entrenched, you know, pain.
0: Yeah. No, I appreciate you being blunt and honest about that. And um, the other thing that I think you. The reason I wanted to ask you, too, because I think and I could tell when you were saying and I think you you explained it well, is that I don't think you give anybody a pass with that. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Which is no. which is the way it should be. You know what I mean? It's like that you just you know, it can't be it's OK for some, not for others. And I think the way you explained it, especially because we're we're similar generation, you and I. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, I mean, that was definitely um, wouldn't wouldn't expected anything then uh, open honest answer from <laughs> ben smith so thanks for that um, well, I, can, I just want to elaborate
1: on that a little bit too because again my my brother my adopted brother and because he did it and nobody there were no consequences even in my own home when he was doing it everybody did it everybody called me that so it's super painful for me it always has been but you know you grow up and you learn how to deal with things and you you understand that people's ignorance you know, people don't mean to be, nobody means to be, nobody intends to be bad. People just do what they do right? with what they have access to, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just, and it's like a lot of things, right, Ben? is just a lack of, it, it, I mean, look, people learn from example, good or bad. And unfortunately, some people, as you know, you may, you may have seen an example, but you're not smart enough or courageous enough to learn what's if it's a bad example to to be better but i think you know obviously you're you're being a great example for for a lot of things so so i know you have with the foundation you got some really cool things going on and i wanted to jump into that a little bit so you wrote a damn book man like right
1: (laughs) yeah a big book book. Um,
0: Let's talk about the book a little bit when, you know, a little bit of details. Let's tease the audience, talk about when it's uh, when it's coming out and, uh, <laughs> you know, let's get people excited.
1: Yeah, no, I'm super excited. I mean, this book, it, it kind of uh, it kind of just flat, when again when I was like 39 or whatever. I just kind of had I just said, oh, I just got to I just got to move on i just want to be happy and and it was so funny because i'd wanted to write a book i'd written some scripts i'd written i wrote a little book but I, I had some i had this story inside of me about my life like that i need to get out and as soon as i just kind of found peace with my past and i just you know our life's too short i just want to be happy it just came out of me Two hundred thousand 000 words in like a matter of probably two months maybe or not even that. probably a month of writing just writing um and uh, it basically is the story of me being like shortly after I went to pick up my daughter. She was three years old. I was, I just turned 24. Um, and, uh, and she was gone. I didn't know where she was. This, this had come after a year long custody battle over. I'd almost been killed in a major work accident that still affects me to this day. They said I might not walk normal again. I I was admitted to the hospital for a suicide attempt. My place got broken into and everything I owned was stolen. I had to live. I survived in this mouse-infested apartment with my girlfriend by gambling every night, praying to God that we would have enough money to eat. And so this year, I just come out of this incredibly hard, hard year. I tore my pack doing bench presses. I fell off a balcony and almost broke my neck. Like it was unbelievable. And then but i finally had won the right to see my daughter three out of every five every seven days after not seeing her unsupervised for a year a year of unsupervised visits with this little girl that was my angel um all because my her mom was kind of jealous about this girl that i started dating and so I went to pick her up as per our court our, um, agreement, and she was gone. She basically, the landlord said, "I don't know." She must have moved in the middle of the night, and she just disappeared. And uh, so basically, I, I just, I just fell into this crazy hole of, of suicidal cocaine, and I was bouncing in a really, really rough bar, and violence, and sex, and drugs. And and I basically said, you know what, I got nothing left to live for. I my mom was in a coma, she was dying. My I, I got a res- my that same girl got a restraining order against me, so I got barred from my home. I became homeless, and my daughter was out there somewhere. And I just said, you know what, I'm gonna put a bullet in my head, but before I do, I'm taking out every everybody I can because you know what, life was you know what it was bullies that made me people like my brother who made me or people like my brother's friends who just kicked the crap out of stomping my head in the ground and all this kind of stuff. It's like, I'm going to take out every one of those bullies that I can before I die. And every moment I was clinging to this, this, this thin strand, this thin strand of uh, retribution. Retribution is going to carry me through till, you know, whatever. And that's where the book starts um so the course through through the opening of the book that's place of absolute self-loathing throughout the the book of six years to where i'm 30 and and i i i kind of finally put it all together it's my journey of trying to find peace with my upbringing my past violence was a big thing trying to find trying to find peace from this addiction because now it's an addiction violence is an addiction and you know just trying to figure out life so So it's broken into three different books. So the first one that comes out in December 15th is called The Day I Tried to Live. And that's basically, you know, going from self-loathing to thinking like, oh, man, I'm starting to pull it all together and then having the rug swept out from under my feet and then being like, you know what? I was right all along. I'm a piece of garbage. So that's book one. The ne- January 50th, the next book, um, which is Monsters in the Closet, comes out. And that's much more of the boxing experience and just, you know, just using boxing as a as a way to kind of just <sighs> lead myself with some of the demons and stuff. But then getting, you know, but then realizing like, OK, well, what happens when the goal is over? Right. You know, you still have to have live. So then book three, which comes in, out a month after that is is Killing Goliath, which is basically i got to find peace for it to kill the monster in my head. The monster, Goliath, throughout the whole story is this monster inside. I, I wrote it like it's a fictional character, so I'm Daniel, and and everybody's names has changed. I re, so it reads like it's fictional, but it's it's, it's my story. I just changed little parts I had to hide people's identities and some situations that were pretty sketchy that I had to kind of find a way to kind of massage so that nobody would really be able to kind of say, oh, you know,
0: he... Well... Well I'm excited for the for all 3 books and uh that's why I was I thought it was perfect timing to have you on because you know I think I mean Ben I'm not just saying this because we're 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 friends now and that we're part of you know NGBN and we have a similar mission like I respect you Ben honestly I wanted to say that uh, to you, on, you. like face to face I respect you as a man as an individual and I really respect what you're doing and I you know part of me I definitely look up to you as to what you're doing. And, you know, it's, you set a high standard, my friend. And I think it's the type of standard that, you know, I know for, for you and me, we deal a lot with trying to help men in their forties, fifties and sixties. Right. But I think that, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I think there's people like you in the world, people like me in the world that maybe, maybe we could save some people the trouble of what we've experienced in our forties, fifties, and sixties, you know what I mean? So mm, like this, sure. what you're doing, some of the stuff I'm trying to do, I think it can be an influence and help for, for anyone, you know, and it's, you know, I, I heard a comedian say this before and, you know, not that we're old Ben, but I'm 50 or 51. I t- I tell the young guys now, Hey, Hey guys, I come to you from your future. <laughs> your yeah, road to awesome. that future can be rocky. Or if you listen, open your ears, open your mind. It might be a little bit, you know, less rocky. So, That's awesome. so hopefully people get the message. Now, I wanted to end on this because this is the coolest thing to me: men's health, <laughs> men's health, and fitness. Wait, are, are we going to see? Are you? Are we going to see you, the winner, man? Are you you well, out there? What?
1: Okay, so my daughter. This is a, what's so crazy. My daughter was taken from me so long ago. We fought to have this relationship. Now we're like best of friends we worked together on the glass foundation everything but she entered me in muscle muscle um was uh muscle men's uh health and fitness i think it does or one of that big magazine she entered me because they had a challenge for the 20 uh 2022 uh ultimate guy the ultimate guy and so she entered me and it was like <laughs> that's funny you know you entered me cool and then they called me they you know so she, you know, she sent some pictures and they called me, asked some, some questions. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then they got narrowed down to some more things. They asked me to put together a little video and I did. And it basically got narrowed down. I was like, oh my God. And I made it into the top 10 ultimate guy. And, and I believe it was across North America, but it might have been more than that. But I'm pretty sure it was all of North America. So so again, that's such a surreal thing. I mean, there's a little, there's a YouTube video that will submitted that's on on uh, that you can see on YouTube. But um, but it's it's amazing because again, I'm I'm this kid that nobody gave a chance to. I was just this piece of garbage, or I felt like a piece of garbage. And here I am, you know, in 2022, being in the top 10 ultimate guy for this the search for the ultimate guy. It's just and the reason why I I think I made it that far. Or I made it into the top 10 is because of my resilience, my mm-hmm. ability to take these struggles and and and, and use them to multi to push me forward onto bigger things and help other people and use my experiences to uplift people. And that's what I always, always, I think that's my that's the greatest um, power of the Goliath Foundation and and my gift to people is I can always see. I can always see the, the potential of the str- of people's struggles. So when people say, "Oh, I'm broken because of this," or "I'm," or "I have this background that's damaged me in this way," or "This is my struggle," I, 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 all I hear is potential. I see, I see that's your gift because you learn from that. You have depth that people don't have. You have an understanding of life that gives you so much richness that most people don't have. Now feel that. Forget about the damage. Think about the pl- pluses and move forward. And that's that's what I always try to get people to understand is like, you know what? The harder the challenge, the more knowledge, the more wisdom, the more gifts you can get. You just have to focus on the gifts and not the pain.
0: Ben, you know what? I want to shut up because you just crushed it at the end there. So, <sighs> you know, I, listen... I'll say this. I want to put a lot of good links into the show notes. Cause I want people to be able to obviously check out your book. I want them to check out your foundation. I want them to check out your own podcast. Uh, I'll make sure to have all those links. Uh, people, please Bro. check out, check out Ben Smith. You won't be disappointed. Uh, he's Man. definitely one of those people that he will uplift you and make you, uh, he'll hold you to a high standard. You'll want to be better. Trust me. <laughs> so Ben, Thank you, my friend. I really appreciate it.
1: Dude, you you know, thank you. You know, I'm, I'm so appreciative of you. I just love your work, man. All right,
0: everyone. Take care. This Bye. has been the Bear Essentials. Thanks for listening. And remember, never hibernate on your goals.